0: Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Discover
1: hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought. Thaw- Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. I know this episode is going to touch your heart. My guest has the most beautiful energy. We've been having a chat and I had to stop myself from asking her questions because I just wanted to talk about so much, but I want you to hear it too. So we're coming live. If you're joining us now, welcome. If you're seeing us later, I know you'll get a lot out of this program. My guest is Kelly Buckley. She is an author. She's a shining light mom, which means she has a child across the veil and an inspiration. The topic today is gratitude and resilience and turning points. I'm going to let Kelly talk about those and and introduce herself to you as I bring her in now. Kelly, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here and chat with you about this today.
1: Yeah, I mean, you were on the program back when we weren't doing video as well, It was just audio when I was with Unity Online Radio, and they disbanded the station. So you and I had a chat, and we just thought it would be great to have you back again and do it with the video and the audio, and you have a new book since we spoke last. So I'm really happy to have this opportunity to share you with our community as well. Before we get started, I have to comment on the fact that you were raised in Newfoundland. I was. Yeah, and, and having sailed there in my sailboat, I know that we say Newfoundland, but there they say Newfoundland, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> and for those of you who are geographically challenged, that's way up north in Canada, it's an island in the ocean, but it's also a province with Labrador, which is not an island. Were you actually on Newfoundland Island itself?
2: Yes. So I grew up in the central part of uh, Newfoundland in a town, uh, Grand Falls, Windsor. Um, and uh, yeah, just I loved growing up there. I think a lot of my feelings about resilience are related to where I grew up.
0: Um, I was going to say, you
1: have to be hardy to grow up there. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. It's
2: cold, but the people keep you warm.
1: Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read the uh, a book... Uh, When something like when the world came to town after 9-11, so many of the planes landed in Gander, Newfoundland, and everybody was stunned how open and loving and friendly the Newfoundlanders were. And so that that explains a lot right off the bat. (laughs) So you are here, unfortunately, as a guest, because of a major turning point in your life. Would you first describe what turning points are in your definition and what yours was that brought you here?
2: Um, well, I mean, I think we all have those forks in the road where um, life presents us with um, choices. And, uh, you know, I feel like at many points of my life, I've been presented with choices. I had Stephen when I was very young um, and he was an identical twin. Uh, my son, uh, Matthew, he... Um, Did not survive, and so that was my first turning point. So, um, at the beginning of Stephen's life, it it was truly um, my first lesson um, about the balance of happy and sad. And um, as I watched Stephen grow up, I always kind of, you know, wondered um, his connection with with his brother. You know, you always hear that about twins. So I would say that that was probably the you know one of the biggest turning points in my life but then um at the age of 23 stephen passed away very suddenly and um and i was again faced with that that fork in the road of how do i do this and i remember sitting on the shoreline um at the lake uh just i was waiting for the the divers you you missed the part you didn't mention that he drowned he did so he was swimming with friends it was on the 4th of july and uh he had taken a hit uh at hockey a a puck to the to the chest and um he that morning he had expressed to his friends that he had some pain in his chest because he was very athletic and he had gone for i think a 10k run that morning oh wow and so they went to the to the lake for the fourth and uh you know we feel like he had some sort of medical emergency that subsequently caused him to drown but um but he was you know it was just so unexpected he was just one of those people who seemed invincible i guess yeah um so that morning as i was waiting for the uh the divers to actually come back uh i was sitting on the shoreline and i uh was negotiating with God. Why would I think that that was going to work out for me? I don't know, but I was, well, I
1: think it's a very natural response.
2: Yes. Yeah. So I was, um, I was having this huge conversation and, and I always call it a gentle whisper in my ear that for whatever reason, um, I knew that I had to start looking for gratitude for blessings. Mm. Mm. Um, to the point that i um, I started writing about those blessings in the parking lot of the funeral home on the back of my cable bill. And uh, one of the things, for example, just- Do do
1: you remember what the first thing you wrote was? The very first blessing on the back of that cable bill?
2: The very first one was uh, I was thankful for his friends because they were at an age where it would have been easier for them to leave and they stayed with us. Hmm. They did not leave our side. And their parents came. Uh, the second thing was one of the moms hugged me, and she hugged just like my mother. You know those hugs where Earth you bumps. feel like they're going to squeeze the guts right out of you, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just, it was this hug, and it felt like my mom had sent me a hug from heaven when I needed it most. Mm. Mm. Um, third thing, I was thankful for the divers because not everybody gets to bring their child home. Um, So when I look back at that now, that seemed very logical to me to be thankful for those things. And um, I'm so grateful that I listened to that whisper because my life could have went in a completely different direction at that moment.
1: Well, and I'm sure you you went down that abyss of grief, but Mm -hmm. were you able to maintain the finding gratitude moments?
2: um well i made it an intentional practice every day so it didn't mean i wasn't in pain it didn't mean that i could solve all the things that seemed i you know the loss i couldn't fix it um but it did tether me i guess is a, is a great way to describe it i felt like um I could go on another day and because i wrote about it and i documented it um, on a really hard day when the only thing i could find to be thankful for was that my broken heart continued to beat um, i could look back on the other days and say okay so if i made it through that day i can make it through this one
1: but you know a lot of people and i deal with a lot of people in grief as a medium wish their heart would not continue to beat. So I find that beautiful that you were grateful for that.
2: I mean, you know, there's, as a parent, I think, you know, as you know, you you wonder at how you're going to go on. Um, I think that I was thankful mostly for that because I had a younger son who who deserved a happy life. So I was working very hard to try to give that to him.
1: Beautiful. I remember uh, talking with my friend and the vice president of Helping Parents Heal, Irene Vuvolides, about your work and your your Just One Little Thing uh, program or process, I'm not quite sure what to call it, and you'll tell me in a minute, but she told me her favorite thing that really struck in her mind, and she just texted me before the program started to remind me, I didn't even ask her, but she what stuck out struck out for her is grateful for the sunglasses that covered my swollen eyes from crying yeah. that was your phrase she remembered reading it in your book you have this that's why i glanced over to the side here this great book just one little thing a book mm-hmm. but also uh, a tool a practice that's what it is and that one day the only thing you could find to be grateful for was the sunglasses that covered your swollen eyes what is it that moment of gratitude does for people?
2: Well, I think um, when you are looking around your life and you're saying, well, what am I thankful for today? You have no choice but to be in the present moment. Um, You're thinking about where am I now? What blessings are around me? You're kind of doing that assessment. And so for me, staying in that present moment I wasn't thinking about any regrets that I may have had for the past. Um, I wasn't worrying about the unknowns of the future. I was right here, right now, and I was okay. That's
1: it. And it's what we just don't realize is that when we're suffering, we're going somewhere besides right now. We think our now is so awful, but it's really bringing the past into our now and the future into our now that makes us
2: unhappy. That's very true. Yeah. Wow.
1: Mm -hmm. So just one little thing. Tell
2: us about the book and then the movement you started. So um, I wrote, uh, my first book was Gratitude and Grief, which was just based on the first three months. And that was more of a, I don't know, I can't explain that. It was like an outpouring of something. I just felt like, you know, that I was transcribing something that I wasn't really (laughs) writing on my own. Um, and, uh, I felt like I needed to capture the full year. And that was just one little thing. If you look at the cover, um, of that book, um, in gratitude and grief, it's like a, um, a darker cover of a lake and, and gratitude and grief is Jordan Lake. And so is just one little thing. That's the shoreline of Jordan Lake. Where your son passed. Mm -hmm. wow um i wanted that to be reflected there but in gratitude and grief it's it's the cover is darker it's a little dusky and sad and just one little thing the sun it has come back out and and the beautiful blue sky has returned yeah and and, and it's
1: a blowing breeze the curtain and you have of course the symbol of transformation the butterfly
2: yes yeah yeah, butterflies are very important too to me. Yeah.
1: What do readers get from that book?
2: Well, um I think and what I hope they get is um, is that I've I've honestly described my personal experience. I don't feel I've sugarcoated anything. Um, but I give them an opportunity to look at how they can journey through grief. Um, a little differently. And just to kind of not not deny what's happening.
1: That's so not, important.
2: Yeah. N- not deny it at all, but instead um, say, I am devastated, I am shattered, but I have a good friend who shows up every single day, either a text or a phone call or a meal or something. Mm. You know, I wake up today, I didn't feel like getting out of bed. And my husband stepped in and took care of everything. And so I had a very down day, but he had my back. So it's, it's not that I didn't suffer through things. Um, and that's what I want people to understand. It, it, that's part of it. You can't change that. Um, but you can
0: reframe it. grounding and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org/thrive.
1: Yeah, and the gratitude is what does that? It's it's an amazing tool and it's what brings us to instant coherence energetically. We just if you want to connect with those who have lost, I tell everybody the very first thing you do is bring to mind something you're grateful for and you just suddenly you're you're centered and balanced. So you
2: have an amazingly large following on Facebook. I do. Yeah. Yeah. They're from, uh, I think there's over 50 countries represented in, in jolt. Now I call it jolt, just one little thing, jolt for short. Mm -hmm. And the people who are members are called jolters. (laughs) Um, My jolt family. Um, And I, I do consider them to be family. Um, They've just kind of organically shown up and, uh, it's thrilling for me. Like last week there we posted a question. I can't remember what it was now. And there's people two two ladies from two different countries who are chatting back and forth in the comments and they're comforting each other cuz they oh. had a similar experience. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's been a great gift to see that, to see that we're not alone, that we were we're walking together through it.
1: And it's not just uh- people who pass that you're helping, because you say this in both of your books, these turning points can also be loss of other kinds, right? Loss of a job, loss of a marriage, a relationship.
2: Right. And I think um, one of the things that I've learned as being part of this bereavement conversation um, is that sometimes we can um, separate ourselves from other people who really want to comfort us, but don't feel like they have that similar background or experience as, as we have, so that they're afraid to approach us. Oh, that's, so true. um, and, yeah. and especially for a bereaved parent, um, it can be really difficult for people to come up and I understand it. It can be difficult for people to come up and say, I'm so sorry. I don't have any words because there yeah, are no words, right? Say. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, And so sometimes you find people that will actually just kind of move away from you because they have that discomfort. And so what I try to do is to, to show people the relationship between other losses and, you know, and maybe what they're going through and say, so for an example, and I know that this may be jarring to some people, but I'm going to tell the story anyway, because it's, it struck me. It, I learned so much from this man. So I was getting my photos taken one day, and we were walking around St. John's, actually, in Newfoundland. Newfoundland,
0: yeah. And
2: uh, he had me up on Signal Hill. I was so cold. And uh, we were, you know, he was asking me about my work. He didn't really know too much about me. And so I explained that, you know, I I was a writer and that this was what I was writing about and, um, and about my son, Stephen. And he paused, and he was quiet. And I said, oh, no, I've just derailed this guy and he's not going to be able to talk to me now for the rest of this shoot. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, my dog died um, about three months ago. And initially my response was, I kind of took a breath in and said, okay, your dog died and I'm talking about Stephen, and, you know, and then I paused and I said, Kelly, he's trying to connect with you. There you go. And that's the only That's the only kind of parallel that he could that he could find. And I said, tell me about your dog. Oh my gosh. And he didn't have children and his dog was his child. And he loved that dog. And we talked, we talked about that dog for about 10 minutes. And then we talked about Stephen. And we connected because I didn't walk into it or I or I paused long enough to say, to not say my grief. Is bigger than your grief. Wow! Because that's how we separate ourselves from each other. We can't yeah. help each other if we're separate.
1: That is beautiful. Finding that connection point instead of see what you did there. I talk. I call God Source Joy, and you had what I call a joyous moment. A joyous moment is we are we are all joy. It's it's about us. It's not. What you said, my grief is bigger than yours or my problem's bigger than yours. We're all in this together. We all suffer no matter what it is. And you found that connection. What a beautiful story. Thank you for that. So your other book is new and I just love it. The Path, a journal from pain to purpose. Yes. Tell us about this. Tell me about what brought it about and what you want people to know about it.
2: So, um... Based on my writing, I, um, you know, just one little thing, the book and the the Facebook group, I had heard from so many people who were working through their own grief journeys and who wanted to um, find a way through, but they couldn't um, really figure out, well, I'm, journaling's not for me. And, and so I wanted to develop something that was um, very much aligned with my approach to grief uh, so that we Confronted those very real, um, painful parts of loss, but that I also integrated in um, the the just one little thing: what What are you grateful for? Even though this day is difficult, what What little thing can you find? And so, at the end of each prompt, there's always a a, a little space that you can record a little blessing. So when you look back and you read through that very tough, you know, journal entry that you made, you can also see that you found some little blessings that you could still hold on to. Um, So what you're doing is
1: you're, you're training the people as they're,
2: as they're going through the journal to, to do what you did to
1: be conscious in their journey. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And even um, like that whole thing that I talked to you about, about the, the happy, sad balance, the darkness to light. If you look through the journal, like from uh, on every page where there's an illustration, the bottom part of the photograph is black and white, and then it gradually moves to color. Because oh. I want I want people to see that right now you may be entering into this, or you may be wow. starting this entry, and you may feel like you're in a very black and white, dark world, but that that color is going to come back. And so I want it to reflect that in every single page. Wow. I hadn't noticed. That's pretty brilliant.
1: What I love about this is, you know, a lot of a lot of people have journals and you just expect an empty book and you open it and it has beautiful pictures, little sayings. It's, I know that a lot of people, when they're going through challenging times, have trouble focusing and reading yes. a whole book. And yes. this is just little things. Hello, God, it's me. Let me see what else I just opened up to. Flickers of light, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Beautiful photos, some quotes, and then there's a space for writing.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's not all just what do I write today? You give them the prompts. It's it's brilliant.
2: Well, yeah. thank you. Um, I think one of the strongest uh exercises in there for me um on my own personal journey was letter writing. Um, writing to Stephen, what would Stephen say back to me, writing to God or source, what would God or source say back to me? Yeah. Um, I, and, I'd like
1: to just add here from personal experience and my teaching that you're not just making it up once you start doing that. They
2: are inspiring you as mm-hmm. the words come through. That's right. Yeah. And, and, I can tell you from my personal experience with that, that that's exactly what it felt like. When I read that letter back, I felt like that was from Stephen. When I read that letter back from God, I felt like that's what, that was from God. Um, It was incredibly healing. Um, I cried buckets of tears when I did it, but uh, after it was finished, I, I just, there was a lightness that I felt that I hadn't felt in a long time.
1: And speaking of feeling lighter, in our talk before we came on the air today, you told me and it surprised me that you re-listened to the reading I gave you I did. quite a few years ago because I don't even remember. I Tell me if I'm wrong. I seem to remember you were very
2: skeptical and didn't wonder reading at first. Is that right? Was that you? Yeah, I, I was a little hesitant. Uh, it just really wasn't something that I had a lot of Experience with, and um I, you know, I'm, and and you know, this. I've heard you talk about this. That you you hear, you know, good and bad. And I, I, I. This was my first. I had read about you and heard wonderful things about you, but I wasn't. I guess I was a little afraid. What know?
1: What do you mean by you hear good and bad
2: about what? Well, about other, you know, some some other practitioners who oh, who there are good experiences and bad experiences. With exactly. Me. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but it turned out to be the most beautiful, beautiful chat with you, um, and Stephen, <laughs> and Stephen, and my parents. And oh, yeah. you described my mother perfectly. Um, oh. Hi, mom. <laughs> she had her hands on her hips, which was her signature move. And she oh. and you said, "Oh, she's she's Betty Crocker." And I was like, oh. That's exactly who she was, and she was her whole being was to be a mother. I mean, you just described her to a T. It was—I can't even explain it to you. And listening to it today, before we chat it again, yeah, it just it just put me in such a wonderful place. Yeah. Nice. And
1: unfortunately, I'm not taking new clients, so I'm not doing this to, to, to toot my own horn. I'm doing this so that everybody watching and listening just knows this is real and why mediumship is so healing it's a mm-hmm. visit it's a family reunion and it's evidence that they're still with us which is yeah. beautiful uh, if you are looking for a good medium the providers list on helping parents heal has tested mediums that on there they go through a rigorous testing process that's one way word of mouth is another way so resilience. Let's talk about that. We talked a lot about gratitude. What mm-hmm. about people that didn't grow up in Newfoundland? <laughs> <laughs> is that something we're born with or is it something we can
2: gain? Um, why, don't you, why don't you define resilience first? I mean, I just think it's that um, I, I actually think it's the unchanging core that is within you. And sometimes you can lose sight of it, uh, but it is always there. It is who you are at your very core, at a soul level. Yeah, um, that's that innate strength
1: and courage that comes with you as a soul. We all have it. I read. Oh, I know. I put. I just opened a book randomly before we started, yeah. and I opened right up to a quote that that speaks right to this. It says. I know God will not give me anything I can't handle. I just wish that he didn't trust me so much. That's Mother <laughs> Teresa. Mother <Yes>. Teresa. <laughs> so those of us who go through really great challenges, uh, we just know that our trust, that our souls mm-hmm. will come to the fore, step to the forefront and just express their innate strength and courage resilience
2: and I th- and I think that one of the things with resilience um is that you know you have that that inner shining light right and that's unchangeable it does it's always there it's it's that's right <laughs> I have
1: shine on <laughs>
2: But yeah. we go through life, we get a job, and we ha- we're we worried about our bills, and we're worried about this, and then there's an argument with this person, and all that stuff kind of piles on us, you know, that life stuff. Yeah, And we lose sight of that inner light. That's right. And that resilience for me, that I realized that unchangeable inner piece of me when I was broken open. When Stephen died, so sometimes it takes that kind of an event in your life to to realize, oh, this is this has been within me all along. Yeah, I am this shining bright light inside, and I just I just have to remember it. Um, for me, I think that's part of why I started to write and started to write about gratitude because. Um, I didn't want to lose sight of it. I I always described uh, my initial journey as uh, God shot a flare because it was the 4th of July and I was driving to the lake on a rainy night and the fireworks were going off on the sides of the highway the night that Stephen passed. And so I said, it was like God shot a flare into the night sky of my life. And I had to write everything down really quickly before the flare went out. Because once you move past that kind of traumatic piece of suffering or loss, you can fall back into those old patterns, right? You have to make an intentional practice to stay in in this mindset. Well, this
1: is interesting because we also had a conversation before we came on, on the air about you coming to my retreat that I held, a four-day retreat last summer in Boone, North Carolina, because you now at that time lived in north carolina now you're in south carolina but it was nearby i was so honored that you came and i was surprised that you came to my retreat because i figured you know you have this big following you've written these books on grief and and i thought that's really cool that she's taking the time out to do this but you came up to me and you said you it it actually was transformational and i'd love if you share with
2: everybody why that was um so uh, a couple of years prior to that retreat um i had I had a torn achilles and then I ended up uh, herniating three discs in my back and I was I was in a ton of pain and uh, it took me a long time to kind of work my way back to health and um I didn't feel like I was ever gonna come back to my work i I wasn't posting on jolt I wasn't writing um For and I long? didn't um, I would say almost two years. Oh, wow. Didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Mm-hmm. I had the, I had the journal in the works when I was injured and then I just shelved it and I didn't think I was ever going to come back to it. Um, mm-hmm. and then I was starting to feel better, um, you know, really working on my health and I saw the, you know, I follow you. And so I saw that you were having this retreat and, uh, I said, I said, I think I want to go to that and my husband and I chatted about it and I said I I think this is a good way for me to step back in and just kind of and my intention was to go and just to kind of drink in you know the beautiful things that you talk about and to be around people who are so like-minded important. so important and to be in nature I love the mountains and um and so I, just to be there I thought was going to be you know a good thing for me as well um, but I didn't know how deeply it was going to affect me. Um, there was an exercise that you did where we had to kind of line up parallel to each yeah. other and say, I, I see, you. see you, I yeah. see you. And we would hold our hands like this and say, I see you. And then we would move to the next person. And it was interesting for me making eye contact yeah. um, as I went through it that some people were comfortable and some people were not and that I was feeling comfortable, but I was recognizing that six months before that I would have been looking at the floor. I wouldn't have been making eye contact with people because I didn't want to be seen. Oh wow. Cause I wasn't feeling my best, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then there's just some things that, um, one thing in particular you were talking about connecting feeling connected and feeling disconnected and uh i was thinking about it and you asked us to kind of close our eyes and meditate about what it feels like to feel connected and and disconnected and i'm probably not describing this in the best way um it's fine <laughs> and immediately it came to my mind a dream i had shortly after steven died and he was a hockey goalie and um, he was skating around the ice by his crease, doing his warm-ups. and goalies are very superstitious. So they have all these different things, tapping the post three times and all this stuff, right? <laughs> um, and he skated over to where I was standing at the boards and he was talking to, to me through the plexiglass. And I was like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And I woke up and I was just devastated because I couldn't hear what he was trying to tell me. And when you were asking about feeling connected and disconnected, that dream immediately came to my mind. And I could hear Steven saying, all you have to do is remove the glass, mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's all you have to do. It's, you know, the glass is only there because you think it is. Just just get rid of the glass. And I felt, um, I don't want to, cry here on video but um (laughs) I forgot to take tissues with me um but I um I felt like okay I'm I'm ready to do this now. I'm ready. I'm ready to step back in. And I I just felt so grateful um to you and and actually to everybody that I met there as well. Uh, Beautiful souls I met that weekend who I'm still in touch with. Um, Oh really? Yeah. Nice.
1: But you know and, what, what's what's beautiful to me is I have a retreat coming up this summer, and I was guided today to make a slide to share it. And I said to my guides, I never share things like this in the middle of my show. I don't like doing commercials. I don't like pushing my things. But they said, have it ready. And this is just the perfect lead-in. So if you don't mind, I am going to share yeah. that the retreat this year is actually going to be on a cruise ship. I was oh, asked Christina. to do an Awakened Way Alaska cruise where I get, what do I get? Two hours a day on a seven-day cruise, or is it eight-day cruise? Let me see. 14 hours of retreat time in the most spectacular scenery I can imagine. So anybody that would like to have the kind of experience that Kelly describes here, check out the little highlighted events at the top of my homepage. Click the link to the Alaska cruise, and just check in your heart if that sounds like something you'd like to join us on. We have plenty of room now because we brought in more births and uh, I know it's going to be it's going to be a bucket list item for a lot of people, and also very healing, very fun. We're just gonna have a great time. In fact, you said you might even be coming
2: with us. I am hoping we are working on our dates. I mean, it's—I've uh, always wanted to do the Alaska cruise anyway, as a bucket list, and just Me too. to to uh, to be there with you. Whew, oh, that would be such a bonus. I'm excited to be there with everybody
1: who's coming. <laughs> we our, you were there at Boone. I, nobody wanted to leave. Remember that final thing where we were all singing and holding our hands, and people are crying, and it, it sounds sappy, but it was
2: sacred. Absolutely. Oh, it was beautiful. And I remember saying to my husband after it was all over, I said, so um, I have to get a gong <laughs> because
0: you have <laughs> yeah, that beautiful I have exercise.
1: I brought my gongs with me. And the first thing when we, signed, when we agreed to do this cruise, I said, I don't think I could take my gongs, darn. <laughs> but we have plenty of other activities and meditations. So you're back. And right. so how did things change for you then? you just got back in the swing of things or Oh, well you finished the journal. I mean, that's huge. I
2: finished the journal. Um, I documents uh, projects that I had. I have a number of projects that I work on at the same time. It's just kind of the way my brain works. Um, all of a sudden I'm opening these documents and I'm writing and I'm posting on Jolt again, and I'm connecting with people and, And I'm not feeling like I have to retreat and stay in the shadows and just, um, yeah, I mean.
1: What I'm sensing now is that downtime for you was perfect. And it was that fallow ground time for you to birth something new. So it's not, I hope you're not beating yourself up for taking a little hiatus. um, I actually think it had to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and we want to give permission to everybody else to have those times when you're not productive and you're just laying low and pampering yourself and doing what
2: needs to be done at this human level. Yeah. Right? Cycles. Um, I think, too, um, one of the things that I earlier on in my injury, I beat myself up. I was like... <laughs> You could find things to be grateful for when Stephen died and you're here wallowing in self pity. What is wrong with you, Kelly? Like I would think to myself, you know, at the beginning and now looking back on it, I, I did, I needed to sit in that space and I needed to just kind of physically heal myself, but also revisit some of the things that maybe emotionally I needed to do a little more work on before I stepped back in. So everything happens as it should.
1: I'm feeling, I, I talked about feeling Steven before we started. I can sense it now. He's doing this motion. Like he gave you the little push to go on the retreat. Seriously. Is it oh, like I believe gift?
2: it. Yeah. I believe that. Like, a gift.
1: like we're ready. To, he's a team member with you, like ready to do this together, mom.
2: Yes, he is. He's
1: telling me a piece of cake right now. Is there a family birthday right
2: around now? Um, Brady's birthday. My husband's birthday was last month. So oh, probably... Man. That's too far away. Uh,
1: Something closer. It's it's not a birthday cake. It's normal. It's like chocolate, piece of chocolate cake. I don't know why. Okay. Mm. (laughs) might make sense. He knows my taste. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what is your day like? What are your days like now regarding this work that you do that I'm sure is like work?
2: uh, Yeah, it doesn't feel like work now. I'm excited to sit down and do it. I've, I've actually, um, in the way that I've structured things this time around, um, I have mapped out how I take care of myself as well. How is that? Um, how just, in how of, yeah. just in terms of everybody. Just in terms of setting some boundaries, some emotional boundaries that for myself, just so that I can, and that doesn't mean that I, I don't want to hear from people because I love getting emails from, from people who, and connecting with people, but um, giving myself time to replenish when I feel kind of depleted or, you know, working with people with emotions and grief, it, it can be difficult. It and uh, especially when, um, I don't know, I guess my heart is really in it. I really feel, feel people's, um pain and uh so i've i've set up some some touch points for myself to kind of keep myself grounded and to take care of my emotional and physical health my what physical fine
1: for me touch point i hear that and i don't really know what it is i can figure it out from the context here but what's a touch
2: so point? um so throughout the day i have like i have a, a planner i'm a paper planner. I know I'm a dinosaur, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I love the, the, the physical writing with a pen. And so in my planner, I actually plan out things in my day that are good for me. Um, I, I always make sure that, uh, the beginning of my day, that I start with gratitude. And when I was, when I wasn't feeling well, I wasn't really looking for my little things. Um, Not every day. I mean, I I would some days I'd say, Kelly, you know, get it together, girl, you know, get back on the on the train. Um, But now that's very intentional at the beginning and at the end of my day.
1: Um, Do you actually write
2: it out every time? I do.
1: Yeah. I think that's powerful instead of just a fleeting thought.
2: It makes it real. Um, when you write it, when you physically write it, it, it makes that real. And then there's also that point that I made earlier. You can look back to it when you're having a tough day. Um, I've really um, recommitted to meditating. Oh, huge. Huge. That, that has been um, incredible for me and I put in a
1: plug here because it's such a key part of anybody's healing if any of you who said I don't have time for meditation check out my youtube video no more meditation excuses and try my three minute sip of the divine because I know Kelly will agree with me you only need three minutes a day so Mm -hmm. it's so healing tell us how healing it is what it's done for you
2: well it just uh it quiets my mind um and it connects me, it connects me to that inner light that we talked about earlier, but it also connects me to Stephen, it connects me to, to God, it, I just feel like, and, and honestly, I have to give you credit, because that three minutes sip of the divine is why I recommitted to meditating after the retreat, it was you. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, um, So it just, it just really, uh, it's like a grounding for me. And then I open my eyes and I'm like, okay, so I've set the tone now for how I'm going to live this day.
1: Grounding to me means you just, you get centered instead of being like
2: this all the time.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. And, and it, you know, it's, it's a very complicated world that we're living in and you can be, you can become very reactive to everything um and meditation allows you to kind of step away from all of that and see your place in things mm-hmm. you know if
1: we didn't have these tools my my team and i i have a beautiful team of helpers that help me do this work we say all the time what did we do before we had tools and meditation's number one mm-hmm. i, I mean, we were talking earlier kelly that my dog went absolutely berserk when somebody came to the door it was so loud so jarring so outrageous that i flew off the handle and yelled at the dog and that made me go out of balance and I we agreed it's necessary sometimes and he understood oh shouldn't do that (laughs) but then I had to get myself centered especially before this show and you just have tools a quick I did the three-minute meditation myself and just felt light flushing out that energy that I brought on myself, you know, we do it for ourselves. These tools are so important and they're available for all of us.
2: Yeah, that's so true. Um, And it doesn't, you know, you don't need to make an investment. You don't need to do, it's just meditation is just something that you can take everywhere with you. Um, And it just takes a few moments of your day. And uh, I keep, One of the things I kept reminding myself of when I was getting back into practice, um, you are deserving this, you are worthy of this. There's times that that we just, you know, we have to push on. And we have to remind ourselves, we deserve to feel that peace in our hearts. And, uh, And so make time for that practice. Yeah, unfortunately,
1: you're breaking up on some very important points that you're making here, Kelly. You went a little fuzzy. Let me see. Are you still with me there? Say something, would you? Um, yeah, I am hey. here. Okay, there you go. Would you repeat those last points in case it's breaking up for other people, not just
2: me? Um, just about the meditation now. Um, it just you have to feel like you deserve it. That's one of the things I wanted to really... Um, Remind myself that you are deserving of this peace. You are worthy, um, and it's important for you to do this. Yeah.
1: Okay. We're yeah. This is one thing that most people struggle with, feeling unworthy. But we yeah. You are deserving of this peace. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is the final piece of, final insight or piece of guidance or anything you'd like to leave people
2: with today? I mean, I I think that you have everything that you need within you. Um, You just have to make that choice, and that um, you know your fork can have been different than mine um, or yours, Uh, but it's that same fork in the road where you have this opportunity to make the choice of what kind of life you want to live and especially when you're dealing with uh, physical loss of a loved one i always ask myself what would they, what what would stephen want for me what would, what would he want for me yeah what would stephen want um you know, my um, sister passed in the spring and she was a joyful amazing human being and uh I think about it daily, like as she was, you know, getting ready to say goodbye um, at the end of her life that she was showing us all how to live. And we can all do that. Uh, We all have the power um, to choose to live life that way with with our open, broken hearts.
1: Beautiful. You have just a soft, gentle energy that's so soothing. And I hope that people will check out your website and and get on board with the Just One Little Thing practice. It's so healing. And pick up her journal, The Path. It's absolutely one of the most lovely books that I've seen in in this format. It's a unique format. And I know it will be healing. I love that it keeps you on the path because you come back to it regularly. And that's a beautiful thing. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Maybe I'll see you on the Alaska cruise. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining me. Uh, If you don't know about my Awakened Way app, I'd love you to check it out on Apple, what, the app? iTunes. What is it? I am so technologically behind right now. Wherever you get apps for your phone, it's available on both of them. Look up Awaken Way. I'm getting daily feedback from people about how helpful it is. One more tool for your toolkit for dealing with life's adversity, daily messages of inspiration. It's 100% free, no strings attached. We thank you for joining us today have more exciting guests coming up, and it's time for me to do one of my Q&A sessions and bring in my girls, Bev and Lynette, and ask my guide, Sanaya, to help me answer questions from all of you. So I hope you've clicked the bell to subscribe, and you can sign up on my website to receive notifications two days before we do any of these broadcasts. We send out an email only to those who specially ask to be notified. I love you all. Thank you again for joining us, and have a great rest of the week. don't know why my outro is not playing. Isn't that funny? Well, goodness. That's the first time my outro hasn't played. So we're just going to have to say bye-bye for now. <laughs> Bye, everybody.